Now, as we look to the word, I want to say this, that I'm going to preach a word to you, and I want to make sure that you understand something. This word is to me. It's not just to you, all right? And so it challenged me when I was studying it. So when I'm preaching to you this morning, I'm actually preaching to myself, and I've already preached to me, all right? Second thing I want you to see, and I've said this before, but I think it's noteworthy to say it again. Let's try to be respectful of the people around you, all right? Let's don't forget that people watch what you're doing. They watch to see if you're on your phone. We have visitors and guests. Let's be respectful and honoring of the word of God. Let's be a good neighbor, all right? And you may already know the scriptures and know the Bible, but there may be somebody around you that's looking at you and observing you. Let's pay attention this morning. How many would say amen to that? Amen? And so, and another thing is, is as we go to the word of God this morning, I'm not pinpointing anybody. I'm preaching to all of us as a body and to myself. I have become very heavy this week as I have prepared this sermon. It's been in my spirit all week. And uh, I have uh, become so um, enthused uh, with excitement, but at the same time, it's kind of bittersweet. I feel heavy, but yet I feel excited. And so uh, it's not a canned sermon. I didn't go to the computer and just print a sermon off. I didn't go to my file. I have thousands of sermons that I've preached throughout the years. I didn't open my filing cabinet and pick out a sermon and rewarmed it in the microwave to preach it to you. I have studied and prepared to give to you what I feel the Holy Spirit wants to say to us as a body. Amen? And so I want you to pay closely attention to the Spirit as He speaks. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 18. I'll give you a few moments to get there. Matthew 13, 18. It's going to be behind me. But before I do, I do want to quickly mention this. I don't want to forget this. And I felt like this is necessary. Anytime we're in a church service, especially the church service that we experienced this morning, I understand that there are different religious traditions among us. Some of you may have grew up Baptist or Methodist or Catholic or Presbyterian, etc. And maybe this is new to you. And I feel like it is my responsibility as a pastor to make sure that I capped, uh, to make sure that I seize the moment to bring teaching moments to you. All right? And, and I feel like I need to do this before I preach. Anytime that we're in a service, especially like this, and most of you have observed it before, or you will observe it, you might see different things happen in the church service. Some of those things is what we call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know and I know that there are two different types of churches in the world. There are churches that you go to church and you learn about God, and then there are churches that you go to experience God, intellectual, experiential. So those are the two different types of churches, all right? And so in a church service, we like both. We want you to know intellectually, but as Pentecostals, one of the things that we emphasize is that the God of the Bible is real and living and vibrant, and that means that you can experience him. How many can say amen? So you not only can learn about him, but you can experience him. And if you read the book of Corinthians, Paul wrote to the church and he kind of cleared up some misunderstandings. And he, and he kind of said, let things be done decently and in order. And that's what happened this morning. Things were done in decently and in order. And when you hear me say, thus says the Lord, that is what we call prophecy. And that's found in the Corinthians. That is the Lord speaking to us through a person. All right. Now, that word, or what I'm saying, is edification. That means it's for encouragement. And it should always be in line with what is written here. So if I get up and prophesy something crazy, then you know I'm not hearing from the Lord because it's not in line with this. So anytime prophecy goes forth, it's for edification, and it's always in line with the written word. It doesn't go against that. Sometimes you may people hear people speak in tongues. That's a language to God. That doesn't mean you understand it. It's an unknown language. It's a language to God. Languages is for communication. So we're communicating to God. And sometimes you may hear somebody speak in tongues in a church service loud, 
and somebody else will interpret it. That means they will speak it in your language so that you can understand it. Does that make sense? Now, it's an interpretation, not a translation. All right? So there's a difference. They're not translating it. They're interpreting it. All right? So that means somebody can speak in tongues for five minutes and somebody interprets it for one minute. They're interpreting it, not translating it. That is called the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's a gift. Prophecy is a gift. Somebody may take a microphone and say, I feel like somebody has pain in their back. That's the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's called the gift of wisdom or actually the gift of knowledge. So the Spirit has revealed to us somebody in the audience that is, has a problem or an issue. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit is for everyone. And sometimes in the church service, you will see the gifts of the Holy Spirit in operation. Sometimes we stand and we're silent because we wait to hear if the Lord wants to use prophecy again or if there's a tongue and interpretation, or if there's a word of wisdom, we wait for that. Now, sometimes this doesn't happen in churches, but we believe a New Testament church, it should be a church that's alive and vibrant, and it should be active in the gifts of the Spirit as long as it is in accordance to the Word of God. We don't want a crazy Pentecostal church. We want a well-balanced Pentecostal church who not only knows but also experiences the Lord according to the scriptures. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? So how many would say, Pastor, that helped me out this morning? Did that, that help you out? All right. And so this is a learning lesson. We're growing and we're learning together. So let us look at the word of God. Matthew chapter 13. And thank you for giving me five minutes to explain that. Matthew chapter 13, verse number 18. Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. And the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes unfruitful. But he who received the seed on some 30. Just for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought. I'm going to start a sermon series uh, called The Dangers of a Shallow Church. And next Sunday morning, my cousin Randy Jr. will be here. He's a great preacher. You've heard him before. You'll be here with church with us, but I will resume this sermon series the Sunday after, all right? And so the dangers of a shallow church, the dangers of a shallow church. Father, we thank you for this opportunity that we have together in your house. Open your ears, open our ears, open our hearts, that we would hear and understand your word, that we would bear fruit. And everyone said a great big, if you have been a Christian, for any length of time, I'm sure that you have seen lots of people in and out of church, and even this church. As a pastor throughout the years, I testify to this. I have seen people come to Christ with great excitement, and then they fall out. I've seen people volunteer with enthusiasm, and somehow they get the wind knocked out of them and they quit. I've seen Christians who have attended church, the same church, for years and leave over a simple misunderstanding. I've seen people have great encounters with God, wonderful experiences. I've prayed them through. They cried and they wept before the Lord. They got on Facebook and testified of their experiences. They told their family and their friends. They won many people to the Lord. 
And all of a sudden, you don't see them any longer. You come to find out they're offended. There's a misunderstanding. They give up on God, and they give up on the church. I've even seen people leave the church because their gifts wasn't recognized, honored, or promoted. They couldn't be patient and wait on the timing of the Lord. I've seen people lose out with God because life got too hard. They didn't understand it. Why was this happening? So they threw in the towel and they quit. When the going gets tough, they're out. You see, what I have just described to you don't just happen here. It literally happens everywhere. There is a pandemic in the American church. American Christianity is plagued with a pandemic, a pandemic of what I would call shallowness and superficiality. I've often wondered why in the world this happens. Now, I am sure there are valid reasons why some of those things happen. I understand that. There's legitimate reasons. But for the most part, I believe that a lot of those things happen is because people are living a shallow life. They're living a superficial life. And they don't know how to navigate through the pressures and the messes and the misunderstandings and the hurt of life. It's all around us, isn't it? I mean, the superficiality and the shallowness is all around us. I mean, it's just not in the church. It is in our culture. I mean, even in the American culture especially, there are so many people that's unable to think beyond the ends of their noses. They're unable to think deeper than their wallets or even beyond their own sex-crazed minds. Shallowness, superficiality. Some people are more concerned about gas prices and sports and football players and hunting and fishing and, and vacation trips. Nothing wrong with those. Or concerned about how many likes we get on Instagram. Our children, our children idolizes football players and basketball players and superheroes. Have you ever thought about this? That the heroes that our children have idolized are really just animated cartoon characters? Or it's really just somebody throwing a pigskin across the field. They make millions of dollars who, and they think the world revolves around them. Our children idolizes those people. It's been a long time since I heard a child say, I've read two books this year. The superficiality of the American culture is give me this and give me that and how much. What about Abraham and Sarah? What about Moses and King David and Mary and Peter and James and John, Apollos? Well, what about the saints of the ages who lived the life before us? Could they not be our heroes? Could we not learn something from them? Is it possible that maybe we could idolize somebody like that? But our culture is flooded. You can't have an engaging conversation with anyone now because they are offended. What has happened is that we have idolized our own, own opinions as gods. And we don't like to be challenged. We don't want to think through issues. We don't want to talk about things. we rather leave and throw in the towel and not talk about it. We don't want to face people. We don't want to deal with conflict. We live in a shallow and superficiality world. If we don't coddle little Johnny and Susie, 
then we get mad and leave. My baby is an angel. They would never do that. Well, let me just remind you, Lucifer was an angel too. Reading books and knowing how to budget money and in engaging in a meaningful conversation and serving beyond our own needs is almost a lost art in America today. Reading books, engaging our mind, we exercise our thumbs more than we use our hands to turn a page. The superficiality and the shallowness of the church and this culture is very heart-sickening. I mean, I don't mean to rain on your party. You know I love you. You know I do. You know I want to be the very best I can be and the very best pastor, but this is my point. My point is this, that the depth of your life has to be more than the toys that you possess. Can I say that again? The depth of your life has to be more than the toys that you possess. I'm not against vacations. I'm not against hunting and fishing. I'm not against the good things of life. God knows we all need a break once in a while from society. It's okay to have fun. It's okay to enjoy your family. But my point is that the depth of your life and your character has to supersede the toys that you possess in life. Let me say this, church. Family and friends are good. But family and friends are not everything. I don't know where we come up with that. But it's not everything. It is the salsa and chips of life. It is not the main meal of life. The main meal of life is your relationship with the Lord because you can gain the whole world and lose your very soul in the end. The chips and salsa is your family and your friends and the possessions of life. It is not the main meal, but we have treated it as the main meal. Serving the Lord sometimes is likened to snacks, a candy bar here and there to tame our hunger. But listen, there's a whole meal at the table that we have forgotten about. You don't have to eat the chocolate bars all the time. There's some good old-fashioned homemade rolls and mashed potatoes and fried chicken at the table. But we have become so accustomed to sugar that if anybody gives us vegetables, we deny it. You see, isn't that what the text is trying to tell us? You see, the text is a parable that Jesus gave his disciples. Jesus said that the sower went to sow some seed. The seed is the word of God. It was what was spoken. That's the word of God. The heart was the soil. And you will see in this description that there are many different types of soils. In other words, it was how they received the word of God. It is how they were receptive to the word of God. Do you see that? And the Bible says that one of the people, their heart was a soil, and one of the ways that they received the word is verse number 20. Look at it. Matthew chapter 13 and verse number 20. The Bible says that this person received the seed with joy. He immediately received it with joy. But the Bible says in verse number 21, look at what verse 21 says, but he had no root in himself. He only endured for a while. For when tribulation and persecution comes, because of the word, immediately he stumbles. It's the word which means he falls away. Do you see what Jesus is saying here? Many people received it. This one person received it with joy. But yet, there was no depth in him. There was no root in him. And because there was no root in him and no depth in him, he stumbled when life 
God hard. Now listen, my friends, this is important for you to realize. We are living in perilous days. I know you've heard that since you've been a child, but we are closer now than we were. I said we are closer now than we were. And if you're going to make it in the last days, your Christianity has to be more than a shallow surface level confession. It has to penetrate every area of your life or you will not make it in the end. Can I hear an amen? Did you hear what I just said? If your Christianity does not penetrate if it does not penetrate your thoughts, and it does not penetrate your behavior, and it does not penetrate your confession, if it doesn't penetrate your money and your marriage and your relationships and your decisions and your profession, then ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to make it. You've got to have some death to your life. You've got to have some substance to your life because if not, you're going to fall in the end. You see, the Message Bible said it very clearly. Listen to how this translation says it. And I quote, the seed cast in the gravel. This is the person who hears and instantly responds with enthusiasm. But there is no soil of his character. So when the emotions wear off and some difficulty arises, there is nothing to show for it. Listen, my friends. Emotions make you sign up. They don't make you show up. I don't care how emotional you get up here. It's good to show emotions. That's all right. But what really matters is how you live your life beyond those four doors back there. I don't care if you fall on the floor. I want to know how straight you walk when you get up off of the floor. I don't care if you speak in tongues. I want to make sure you bless your waiter on Sunday afternoon with words of encouragement and not cursing. We have a lot of people speaking in tongues and lying in English. Did you hear what I said? We have a lot of people speaking in tongues, but they're lying in English. I want people of depth and character and substance. I want somebody to say, if I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If I said I'm going to serve there, I'm going to keep my commitment and do it because I'm not a shallow person. I'm a person of depth and character, and I sustain exactly what I just said. You see what I'm saying? The shallowness of people, the superficiality of people. You see, maturity is being able to remain consistent to your commitments long after your emotions have passed. That's what it means to be mature, to be steadfast, to be unmovable, to persevere. You see, I'm reminded that if you look at the scriptures, there are four different types of people. There is what we call the sinner or the unconverted person. The sinner or the unconverted person is the person without spiritual inclination. They have no desire for God. I don't know why we get upset with the world. If they are unregenerated, they are without God. They are following their fleshly desires and their carnal desires. That's what sinners do. Number two, then there is the seeker. That is the person who is being drawn by God by his prevenient grace. That is the person who's looking for truth. His heart is open. He has a desire to know. This is a very crucial part in somebody's life. This person could believe in anything. Mormonism, Jehovah Witness, Hinduism, Buddhism. This is a very critical part in somebody's life because they're searching to know the truth. If they're searching to know the truth, I promise you, if they're open, they will receive the true truth, which is from the scriptures. What about the third type of person is the person who is sold out. This is the person who is a fully devoted follower of Christ. That means his mind is engaged, his heart is engaged, his hands is engaged, and his feet is engaged. That means that your intellect, that means you engage the scriptures with your mind. You're not called to check your mind out at the front door when you come to church. You're called to engage the scriptures, to reason with the scriptures, to read the scriptures, to understand it. That's the reason why he gave you a logic. That's why he gave you a brain, to understand it, to, to reason it, 
to, to read it and understand it. And, and not only your mind, but your heart. What's your heart? That's connection. You're supposed to be connected to believers and not only believers, to God. Church is not about coming, singing a song on Sunday morning. You are part of a family. You're called to be together. You're called to worship together. You are a part of a family. This is a community. This is koinonia, togetherness. We're supposed to connect with our brothers and sisters and connect with God and your hands to serve. You're not called to sit, sour, and soak, but you're called to do something in this church. I don't care how much you've been hurt. Your hurt is not an excuse for you not to serve. Jesus was hurting, and yet he still opened heaven up for a dying thief. Jesus is our example. Is there a time of rest? Yes. Is there a time where we get our minds together? Of course. Should we take a Sabbath every once in a while? I believe so. But you should never take a prolonged Sabbath from serving in the house of the Lord. Can I hear an amen? Not only is there a seeker, not only is there a sinner, not only is there a sold out person, but then there is the shallow person. The shallow person is a person who confesses Jesus as Savior, is a person who attends church occasionally. This person names the name of Jesus. They quote the Apostles' Creed. They give mental assent to it. They do some good deeds. They serve here and there. But there is no depth to their life. There's no substance. What do I mean by that? When you have depth and you have substance, it sticks to you. Have you ever had a good meal and it just filled you up? It stuck to your bones? You had a little bit of substance, some meat and potatoes? A person who has substance and depth, they have something to keep them grounded. They have something to keep them solid. They have something to keep them grounded. I don't care how high the winds are or how boisterous the waves are. I have depth and substance to my life. I become unmovable. I may move a little bit here and move a little bit there, but I'm not going to bend or break under pressure because there is something to my life. My root system goes down deep. And I want to tell you something. We have a lot of plastic Christians. You know what a plastic Christian is? They melt up under pressure. Plastic can never sustain the pressure of objects. It can't. It melts up under pressure. And if you find yourself going through the fiery darts of the wicked one, you can't be a plastic Christian because you're going to melt from the fiery darts of the wicked one. You've got to be more than plastic. You've got to put on the whole armor of God so you can withstand against the evil one, having done all but to stand. Plastic Christians are Christians that's not palm trees, they're oak trees. Their root system don't go down deep. David said, speaking of the believer, he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of living water, not potted, not up and down, in and out, cold and out, running here and there, being a rabbit. No, 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 planted by the rivers of living water. You see, the shallow and superficial Christian is the one who imitates Christ only to the point of convenience. Following Jesus is, let me say this and say it loud and clear, following Jesus is sacrificial, folks. It's not superficial. Following Jesus is sacrificial. It is not superficial. I'm going to say this. You know I love you, but I'm going to shoot it straight. Superficial Christians don't sacrifice. Let me say that again, and maybe the rest of you could agree this morning. I said superficial Christians are not sacrificial Christians. They're not going to sacrifice. They're not going to give any more than what they already give you. Because sacrifice is an inconvenience to them. Christian, and can I say this? I know you know about my life. I had a deep conversion experience when I was a child, a deep conversion experience. And then when I was 11 years old, I had a wonderful experience where I was filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Nobody touched me. I was just singing as a little boy in church and was filled. I had wonderful experiences with the Lord. And I want to tell you, I don't live off those experiences because my relationship is deeper than an emotional experience. I want to say this loud and say it clear. Christianity isn't empty. It isn't dull. It isn't lifeless. It isn't powerless. There is more to the surface level. There is depth to Christianity. There is deepness to it. There is gravity to it. There's a dimension to Christianity that we haven't experienced yet. Hallelujah. Richard Foster said it best like this, and I quote in his book called The Celebration of Discipline, and I quote, the desperate need today is not for a great number of intellectual people or gifted people, but for deep people. He went on to quote, we really must understand that the lust for affluence, this contemporary society is psychotic. It is psychotic because it is completely lost touch with reality. We crave things we neither need or enjoy. We buy things we do not want to impress people we do not like. It is time to awaken to the fact that conformity to a sick society is to be sick. Folks, we live in a sick society. If you're going to make it, especially now, you can't be surface. You can't be superficial. True Christianity is not a popular Christianity. It's never been popular. True Christianity is accepted by a few and rejected by many. True Christianity is the rejection of sin, Satan, and the world. True Christianity is a cross. It's death to yourself. True Christianity is not a rose garden. Some of us have been very shallow, and we've been wading in a kiddie pool, ankle deep, and we forgot that we can venture out into the deep waters with Christ. I want you to think about something this morning, church. I want you to think very, very clearly with me. I want you to think about the early church. Have you ever thought about the early church? Have you ever thought about how strong the early church was? How persevere, how bulldog that this church was, full of tenacity and perseverance? I was thinking about this, the early church this week. And I was thinking about how this church was so filled with perseverance. And I want you to understand something, that the early church did not have a shallow religion. They did not have a superficiality religion. They had to have depth to their life. They had to have some sort of substance to their life. Because if they based their life upon the shallowness of the culture, then the early church would have crumbled when the pressure was getting tough. Nothing stopped the early church. Can I hear an amen? I said nothing stopped the early church. Absolutely nothing. No beatings, no jails, no dungeons, no threats, no sword, no burning at the stake, no stoning, no famines, no persecution, no distresses, no shipwreck, no weariness, no hunger, no thirst, no cold, no nakedness. Nothing stopped the early church. No racial barrier, no social barrier, no Herod, no Caesar, no emperor, no Nero. Nothing stopped the early church. They had a mandate. They didn't stop. They didn't turn back. They didn't quit. They kept on, kept on because their life was filled with something more than the culture could ever give them. Woo! Is there anybody in this building that can wave your hand and say, Preacher, I know exactly what you're talking about. They never gave up. They never stopped. They wasn't persuaded. They finished. They didn't quit. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself, you've got to roll up the sleeves and get at it. You can't give up. You can't run and hide. 
The last chapter has not been written. You can't turn back. you got to keep running the race. It's not the first mile that's important. It's the last mile that's important. It's how you finish is what's going to count at the finish line. Is there anybody that can say amen? Jesus said in a parable that when you go to war, you make sure you count the cost. And some of you is getting weary because you didn't count the cost. And once you sign up under the role of real commitment, Jesus demands not half of your life. Jesus demands all of your life that's what's going to cost you it's going to cost you your life hallelujah I said hallelujah you got to hold on you got to press on you got to run the race you got to fight the fight of faith you got to persevere because if you don't you won't make it in the end come rain or shine I'm pressing on up and down, I'm pressing on. In and out, I'm pressing on. Cold or hot, I'm pressing on. Now or then, I'm pressing on. Predictable or unpredictable, I'm pressing on. Never slack or slacking, I'm pressing on. I am pressing on. If I gotta die at the finish line, I need somebody to pull me over the finish line because I'm not giving up. Hallelujah! The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Did you hear the word of the Lord? They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What did they do? They continued. They continued. They never gave up. They persevered. Their life was filled with substance and not shallowness. They persevered up under pressure. They persevered up under sickness and disease. They continued steadfastly. And that's the message that some of us need to hear. you got to continue on. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. Revelation chapter 2 and verse number 10. The Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 9, and I quote, Paul said, And let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9 and verse 62, And Jesus said to him, No one, having put his hand to the plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 39, But we are not those who draw back to perdition, but we are those who believe to the saving of the soul. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 24 verse 13, but he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. I'm telling you the early church was much different than the church that's found in America. Modern-day sermons, according to the George Bonner research, has now, in the year 2020, last year they said, the average sermon in America is 24 minutes, and now it's at a fifth-grade level education. Their sermons now are about fulfillment, success, marriage, and relationships, and how to get a pay raise. Scriptures are now substituted for a nice, stirring YouTube video. Worship is about the latest stage design. Holy ceremonies are not holy any longer. We replace them by superficial events. Just a few years ago, a church was receiving communion, and they invited clowns to their church to, to give out the bread and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in Los Angeles. When asked the reason why they had clowns giving out bread and juice to their congregants, their response was, maybe this will attract a new generation. I want to let you know that communion, the bread and the juice, don't need to be substituted for any supernatural, and uh, no, nothing, nothing superficial. If it worked for 2,000 years, baby, it can still work today. Communion has become a, a wine-tasting event. Baptisms are transformed into a beach party. Confession is avoided altogether, and volunteerism is disguised as leisure. And we got to have pizza parties to get people uh, uh, 
working at the church. We got to invite Bozo the dog and Bozo the clown and Fufu the dog to get us excited about serving. Mission trips are no longer celebrated. Making disciples for Jesus is the point of the scriptures, not making a combination for people. People have abandoned Christianity. Just recently, or several years ago, Rick, Rick Wren, Pastor Rick, who pastors the church, is it in California, who wrote The Purpose Driven Life? What's his name? Rick Warren. Just made up several years ago, made a public apology. I read it just this week, where he apologized to his church that all these things that I listed to you, he says, was not getting the job done. They came to the conclusion that the thousands of people that flocked to their church every week was really biblically illiterate. You see, he apologized. I respect men who can apologize. That's great. They're trying to change the course now and not be so secret sensitive. I understand. That's good. But church, there's more. And if there's not substance to your life, you might be the next one of the next few months that drop out. You say, it will never happen to me, pastor. That's what Judas said. That's what Solomon said. That's what some of the patriarchs said. It will never happen to me. But when it comes knocking at your door... If you don't got something strong and stable, if your life is not grounded and rooted, if your life is not more than the culture and the toys of your life, then you could possibly be swept away by the carelessness and the deceitfulness of this world. I don't know about you. Can I tell you something? Can pastor tell you something? Can I tell you something, church? Come on, I said, can I tell you something? And I'm not saying this because I'm your pastor. Because anytime you preach, you've got to build up to the climax. And this is my point. I said all of this to say this. I believe here at Christ Point Church, I believe we got a group of people that is saying, Pastor, I don't want to be shallow. I don't want to be superficial. There is a hunger inside of me for more of God, to do more of God. Is there anybody that can stand to your feet and say, I don't know how to say it. I don't know Greek. I don't know Hebrew. I don't know how to dissect it. I don't know how to exit Jesus. But I know there's something on the inside of me that wants more. Hallelujah. Listen to me as your pastor. That's why we got to hold on. Remain standing. I don't want to just give lip service. I want to give life service. I don't want to be a blessing to someone. I want to be a blessing to somebody. I don't want to be a rabbit hopping and jumping and skipping. I want to be a bulldog in the face of adversary. I want to grow deeper. I want to be formed. I want to be molded. I may not know how to read a bunch of books, but bless God, I'll read one page because I refuse to be the person I was last year. If they got to pull me over the finish line, you got to pull me over the finish because I refuse to be the person I was last year. Hallelujah. I want to grow deeper. I want to be formed. I want to be a blessing to my church. I don't want to come to church with a shopping cart and act like everybody got to serve me. I'm going to be the biggest servant of them all. I don't want to come to church with an attitude. If you got an attitude, leave your attitude at your house. This is God's house. It's rude to come into somebody else's house with an attitude. I want to be a blessing. I'm not here at this church so I can go find another church. Your heart's wrong. You either get planted or you, it's time to go somewhere else where you can feel planted. Either you're in or either you're out. 
Either I'm cold or I'm hot. But I don't want to straggle the fence any longer. I don't want to say, is this church good enough? Is this church good enough? I like this worship. I like this preacher. I'm going to jump over here. I'm going to jump over there. It's no wonder we can't make up our minds about anything. I grew up in the old church. My pastor said, shut up and sit right down. You ain't going nowhere. That's the church I grew up in. But that taught me to stay at my last church for eight years, even when I couldn't hardly feed myself because I told myself it was going to make a man out of me. I'm not plastic. I'm going to stay here right till I hear the voice of God. I don't want to just have emotions. I don't want to have a snack. I want the meal. I, don't, I want to be teachable. I want to be submissive. I want to be a servant. I want when people look at me, they say, that man's a blessing. I want when I come into somebody's house and somebody's presence, I want to say there's something about that man that I want to be like. I don't want to be a lesson to someone. I want to be somebody's blessing. Because life is more. Do you realize life is more than what you've experienced? If you're not serving somebody, then you're not living a life that pleases God. If all you're doing is working and serving yourself and serving your family, that's that's shallowness. You gotta be faithful. It's kind of like John 6 66. You know, it's kind of like everybody wanted to leave. From that time on, the disciples went back and walked away. Him no more. They walked away from him. I love this. And Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to walk away? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? For you have the words of eternal life. Let everybody else walk away, but I can't walk away. Luke 6, 49, but he heard... And did nothing is like a man who built his house upon the earth without a foundation against which the streams beat. And immediately he fell. The ruin of his house was great. He fell. Ezekiel 33 verse 31. And I close. And so they come to you as a people. And they sit before you as my people. And they hear your words. But they do not do them. For their mouth they show much love. But their hearts pursue their own gain. Indeed, you are to them as a very lovely song of those who has a pleasant voice and complain well on an instrument, for they hear your words, but they do not do them. Life is more than you could ever imagine. It's kind of like the African pastor. He was a young African pastor in his 20s, fasting and praying to God. He was in his village as he was fasting and praying to God. The African pastor, this happened in the 80s, he was praying. He said, oh God, use me. Oh God, bend me. Oh, God, transform me. Oh, God, do something in me that I can't work up in myself. Open up my blinded eyes and let me see those things I cannot see myself. Because when you start to pray dangerous prayers like that, something begins to happen. Open up my eyes and let me see those things I cannot see myself. Holy Spirit, open up my eyes, my mind, my soul, my spirit, my body. Reveal to those, reveal to me those things that I cannot see. Open me up, oh God. Reveal to me my blind spots. And as he was praying in the Holy Ghost, he began to write this thing that's been said around the world. He said, I'm a part of the fellowship committed to doing whatever it takes. This is what the man wrote. I have the Holy Spirit power. The die has been cast. 
I've stepped over the line and I'm out of my comfort zone. The decision has been made. I'm a disciple of his. I won't look back, let up, slow down, back away. My past has been redeemed. My present makes sense. My future is secure. I'm finished and done with low living sight, walking small, planning smooth knees, colorless dreams, dame visions, Monday talking, chinky giving, and dwarf dreams. Dreams. I'm no longer needed preeminence, prosperity, prosperity, promotion, and popularity. I don't have to be right. I don't have to be first, top, recognized, praised, rewarded, or recognized. I now live by the presence. I learn by faith. I love by patience. I'm lifted by prayer, and I will labor by power. My face is set. My gaze is set. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough, and my companions are few, and my regard, my God. God is reliable. My mission is clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, and delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice. I won't hesitate in the presence of my adversity, negotiate at the table of my enemy, or ponder at the pool of popularity, or meander at the maze of mediocrity. I'm not going to give up, shut up, let up, or burn up until I have preached up, paid up, prayed up, stored up, for all for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. Jesus. I must go until he gives, give until he drops, preach all that I know until the work is done. And when I come into his presence, he'll have no problem in recognizing me that I was a part of the fellowship of the committed. I'm asking you today, how many people have been baptized with commitment? Are you baptized with commitment? Has your soul been revived to serve and to give? You ain't paying Pastor Josh to preach a sermon every week. We're not raising up a bunch of babies. We're raising up an army. Do you hear me? Can I hear an amen? Say, preacher, why are you preaching so vibrant? I ain't mad. I'm just encouraged. And, you know, I just feel great. Because I know that there's more. How many would say, pastor, I don't want to live a shallow life. I don't want to live a superficial life. Because listen, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and I'm ended. He said to me as I was praying, he said, there will be some people in your church that's going to face very severe hardships. Some of them are going to experience things that they don't understand, and they may even question their faith. So I am publicly announcing to you the word of the Lord that when it happens, I'm not saying it is, I'm just saying the Spirit said to me, there's at least a couple that I felt like the Spirit said, there may be things that will happen that the Lord knows about, but He's going to strengthen you for the battle, and you can't give up in the battle. You can't. Do you hear me? You can't. I was staying in a church one time. The preacher said, come here. So I walked up to him. He said, in just a few months... He says, you're going to experience something very very devastating. And he says, do you have the depth to stand when it happens? And I looked at him. I said, well, I guess I do. I mean, he says, well, make sure you have the depth because it's going to happen. And, you know, I, went, I left the church and think, well, that's of the devil. Well, guess what happened six months later? My uncle committed suicide by hanging himself. Right after that, my other uncle died of drugs. After that, my brother was put into prison. Then there, there was other things that happened. My, my mom and all this stuff, just one thing after it was very devastating. Very devastating. No money to pay for the funeral. I mean, it was just very stressful, very devastating. And even after I prayed for these people to be saved, then they passed away. So I was confused. I'm telling you today, you got to have depth to you if you want to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Have to have depth. None of this superficial junk. 
There has to be depth to you. The Lord is saying to the Lord is saying, listen, let's quit making excuses. It's time to come up another level. In your prayer life, in reading the scriptures, in your giving. In your, it's time to come up another level. It's time to grow. The Lord is pushing you to come up, come up, come up, come up. Because this is not a, t- listen, this is a time for formation. Formation, not information. If the information doesn't produce formation, then it's not transformative. If information is not transformation, then why are we here? Why don't we go down to the Christian side? I know it's late. I know it's late. What are you going to do? Go home and eat? Can we just wait a little longer? Surely we can just wait just a little longer. We'll have an altar call. Worship team, quickly run up here. I want, listen, I know the COVID restrictions. There's plenty of room. But I want this church to say, Pastor, I agree with you. I don't want to live a shallow and superficial life. If that is you this morning, I want this altar to be full on the count of three. One, two, Three, get out of your seat. Say, I don't want to be superficial. I don't want, that's it. Come on, quick, all the way to the front. Hallelujah. Make room for everybody. Just spread out. Arms linked. Just spread out there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise your hands. Those of you that can pray, come on, that's it. Something's moving, something's shaking, Pastor Sean. That's it. Raise your hand. And right now, say, Lord, do something in me. Now, my brother, the, this is what the Lord would say to you today. This is what the Lord says to you. It's not by happenstance that you are here. You're here. I don't even know who you are, brother. I just met you last week. But it's not by happenstance. And the Lord says, there's been depth. That's why you're here. But the Lord says, I'm going to put more depth within you. You didn't make a mistake, the Lord says. There's no mistakes in the kingdom of God. He knew exactly what was happening. And you've been born right here for the right time. So be at peace and be at rest. Somebody praise the Lord right now. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Randy, come here. Some of you men, come over and lay hands. That's it, brother. That's it. Hallelujah. Come on, raise your hands. Come on, raise your hands. Begin to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
church, something's changing. Oh, see his glory. Feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving. Something's changing. See his glory. Feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving. Something's changing. See his glory. Feels like heaven on earth. Something's moving. The sound of many waters, heaven on earth, lightning and thunder, miracles and wonders, the sound of many waters, heaven on earth, lightning and thunder, miracles and wonders, the sound of many waters. your son some of you saying pastor I need depth but how do I get it you be faithful in the things that you know to do is right faithfulness produces depth hallelujah that we just don't give mental assent today there's life transformation in Jesus name sing this by faith something's moving open your mouth let's sing it by faith get a little aggressive come on take your praise to a new level come on let's go to a new level with our praise come on pastor josh has always asked but come on do it without me asking you come on let the whole church go to a new level come on there's a deeper level to go to come on hallelujah yes something's changing See his glory feels like heaven on earth something's moving something's changing see his glory feels like heaven on earth something's moving something's changing see his glory feels like heaven on earth something's moving something's changing working. There's nothing wasted in the kingdom of God. Nothing's wasted. Nothing's wasted. So the Lord is working it out. So be at peace and be at rest. Amen. Nothing happens by happenstance. But everything is according to his sovereignty. Amen. God is working. Amen. Did you enjoy being in the house of the Lord today? I said, did you enjoy being in the house of the Lord today? Amen. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for being so receptive. We had a good morning, didn't we? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Didn't the worship team do a great job today?
Amen. Thank you, guys. Awesome job. I love you all very much. Listen, we have church tonight if you can make it. If not, I'll see you Wednesday. If not, I'll see you Sunday. But I love you all. I'll be preaching tonight. We're going to have a great time in the presence of the Lord. They're going to sing this again. And I'm going to make my way to the back. So can you let me be Moses and part the Red Sea? I'll go back and then you can be dismissed. How many is excited and how many is, how many wants to be a part of a deep church? Amen? Amen. I'm just so glad that Pastor Josh was obedient in preaching that message that the Holy Spirit laid upon him. And I just want to say that um, I'm just excited for the future and I'm excited for what 2021 has. Amen? I'm going to pray over us and then we can be dismissed. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. God, you're faithful. You're good, Lord. God, we just ask, Lord God, that you just be with us today, Lord God. Bless us, Lord Father. God, help us, Lord Jesus, to be challenged, to grow in depth, Lord Father God, as individuals and as a church. Lord, we love you and praise you and thank you. And everyone said a great big amen. Amen. Amen.